It's something interesting to see people fall in love. There's this hole in the wall honky-tonk bar I like to visit occasionally in the northeast corner of Georgia. I would try to tell you where it's at, but you wouldn't have any idea. You wouldn't have any idea how to find it even if I gave you the coordinates. There's lots of pretty women in that bar, and lots of men setting out to dance the night away with the love of their life. Lots of men come back after the love of their life decides they don't want to dance anymore. There was one particular guy, Michael, who had never fallen in love. In fact, he was almost resolute to completely give up on it. Love had always escaped him, and he just figured the perfect woman didn't exist. Anywho, one particular night, a woman named Teresa decided to bless the bar with her presence, and boy did she bless it. Her brunette hair was curled, and it framed her beautiful face perfectly. The standout characteristic of her face, besides her deep blue eyes, was the bright red lipstick that covered her beautifully plump lips. Her long legs dove elegantly into some cowboy boots. Teresa was by far and away what we would consider the catch of the night. Michael caught a glimpse of Teresa near the bar during a line dance. The moment he saw her, you could see his eyes go huge in his head, and his heart dropped as he quickly fell out of beat, stumbling into people continuing the line dance and into love. Something dangerous had happened. Mikey was in L-O-V-E. As soon as the country song was over, Michael beelined his way over to Teresa. It looked as if she was bored and having a terrible time. She just sat at the bar all night. So he asked her to dance. Surprisingly, Teresa flat refused. However, Michael persisted. As a southern gentleman, it was his duty to get her on the dance floor. Michael begged and begged, with such conviction that he almost convinced her. Teresa didn't mind the attention, but even Ray Charles could see that she was not about to dance with any of them. Other guys were gathering around to ask Teresa to dance, but Michael wouldn't let the bar stool beside her open up. This led to a rather large congregation forming around the bar, but particularly around Teresa. Eventually, Teresa did begin to get embarrassed by the attention. In hopes of uh, getting rid of a little bit of the attention, she said, Michael, I dropped my earring in the convenient haystack in front of the bar. The haystack was mainly for aesthetics. If you were able to bring your eyes off of her beautiful deep blue eyes for a second and look at her ear, you could tell that her earrings, or now earring, is beautiful. That was alarming. And it was knowingly impossible to find an earring in a haystack. You might as well be looking for a needle in a haystack. Nonetheless, Michael got out there on his hands and knees, and he huffed, and he puffed, and he blew that haystack down until every straw was searched. As if it wasn't a miracle, he ran back into the bar and presented the earring to Teresa. Now Teresa was shocked, for she had placed that earring in that haystack, hoping it would be an excellent way to get rid of somebody later in the night. With presenting the earring, Teresa took it slowly and placed it back on. She looked at Michael with a long and pitiful look and said, Mike, it took you so long to find the earring that I'm exhausted now. Maybe next time? Then she just got up and made her way out of the bar. You could see, you could see Michael's heart slowly breaking into 15 billion little pieces. The next night, Michael got there super early because he was holding on to hope that he would catch Teresa and give her that dance. Unfortunately, Teresa's friends arrived, but she wasn't with them. Michael went up and begged for any information 
on why the beautiful Teresa wasn't in attendance. Then they broke the awful news. She'd made her way quite a ways up the river with her uncle Cooter, who had been drinking quite a lot. Teresa didn't think much of Cooter being drunk. Uh, in fact, Cooter had been drunk ever since the Civil War when he picked up the habit to dodge fighting for either side. Apparently no one would enlist a drunk. Anyways, drunk Cooter got Teresa all the way up this river and they'd caught quite a few fish. So many fish in fact that that boat was starting to get pretty heavy and Cooter was worried about having his paddle up back down the river. So he started offloading some of that weight. Well sooner or later he decided to toss out the paddle because it was too heavy. This left the two buckaroos up a creek without a paddle. Michael never heard of a problem he couldn't solve, so he ran away to that creek and saw those two maroons in the boat. If he didn't hop right into that river and dive into the boat, fortunately for Mike, it was a particularly windy night and an idea caught his brain. He took off all the clothes he could and still remained decent in front of Teresa and gathered all of Cooter's clothes that were already on the ground. If he didn't tie those clothes together and make a sail that took them right up the river, per usual, Cooter couldn't believe his eyes. Once they got to the dock, Teresa was quite grateful, but she was in no state to go dancing after that ordeal. She promised to be back tomorrow night. It was a long weekend after all. Well, that next day, Michael got to the bar around noon, because he didn't want to miss Teresa for even a second. Then he felt a big shake on the ground. He started to fear for his life. Soon the shaking subsided. Then the news spread quickly. It had been an earthquake, and it had affected deeply the roads coming out of the Appalachians. And see, that scared Michael, because Teresa happened to live right up in those Appalachians. With this small earthquake, a mountain decided to settle right in the middle of the road. Teresa was going to have no way to get back to this little honky-tonk for months until they could build a road around the mountain. That was unacceptable. Michael would not stand for that. He took an entire team of oxen and horses up to that mountain to scout out the issue. Sure enough, that mountain was sitting right square in the middle of that road. So Michael set out to do what any sane man would do. He's going to move that mountain. He tied the oxen to the rocks one by one, hooted and hollered until they had moved just enough so that an inch of the mountain was further off the road. Meanwhile, he took a pickaxe and was busy busting up all the rocks possible to get loose enough to move. For areas that were too tight, Michael would get down on his hands and knees and just stomp on the ground until it was moved a little bit. All the forest creatures hearing the commotion gathered around to see what was causing so much noise. And eventually, they decided they might as well help to get things out of the way sooner, seeing that Michael was not going to stop anytime soon. Then, the moon's curiosity got peaked. She came in a little closer to get a better view. A little did she know that her gravitational pull would give just enough oomph to get all the oxen, deer, and forest creatures together to move that mountain. Michael sprinted to Teresa's home once he got that mountain moved. Unfortunately, the sun had hurried up to see all the commotion as well. And by the time Mike reached Teresa, it was already daytime. Teresa said, see you tomorrow? It's already day. You know, she can't go dancing the bar was closed. Even though Michael had a job, he decided he would go to the bar on Monday. I mean, the Monday $2 well special was killer. If it meant he could dance with Teresa, he'd be there. Next night, he waited and waited, and Teresa never showed up. Michael was just plain devastated. But as we have learned, he is quite relentless. 
He marched right up to Teresa's house and began to do a romantic thing of throwing pebbles at her window. The effect wasn't quite the same since it was a one-story house, but Teresa did end up coming out due to how bizarre it was. Michael demanded to know what happened. Teresa said she simply had a job so she couldn't make it tonight. Then she added, she doesn't dance and won't ever dance, so she isn't sure what Michael expects anyways. Michael hung his head and cried the entire Chattanoochee River. He begged Teresa not to take his hopes away. He said he would do anything to dance with her. She thought about it for a minute. Then she informed Michael that she might just need some inspiration. She would like to see Rome, but there was just one problem. She couldn't travel because her father needed a caretaker, and that caretaker happened to be her. Hope restored. Michael was happier than ever. Now all he had to figure out was how to build Rome in a day. <laughs>